Well, toss a coin to your Witcher. And then that oop. <laughs> this is Rebels Without a Clue, our pop culture podcast. I'm Tony. <laughs> and I'm Brad. Welcome to the show again. Yeah, well, it's been, you know, a little bit of time since we've done our last one. A little bit. It's been over a week. It has been. So since we uh we regaled over the Tales of the Mandalorian. Which was a fantastic series so to reiterate. So happy to hear that we're getting the series again in October. Yes. That's going to be fucking rad. That's exciting. And yeah. the fact that they're going to explore anything Darth Maul related for me is Ooh. going to be- Well, we don't know that yet. We don't, but I'm going to speculate now. We, well, I'm, we're all hoping. We are hoping. That's, we are that's hoping. what's the go. Then how's he been alive this whole time? Like, true, well, true. Okay, how did that happen? But then again, it could be because of his particular race, but I digress. Yes, exactly right. So, as you could probably tell from this week, but actually before I get into it, if you haven't done so already, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and whatever other podcast app you use. Yep. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram at Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. And guys, if you have any suggestions as to what you'd like to hear or any topics that you'd want us to discuss... Because I know we do have quite an alternative take on a lot of things. That we do. So, it might be beneficial to actually have a sus, see what you think. Uh, if you've had a chance to maybe look at what we've done previously and then go by that. Um, or just, you know, if you want to shoot us a message, by all means. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. sounds good. Good. Very good. Good. Very, very good. They can slide into our DMs, Mm, slide into our dicks. Slide into my fucking dick. Mm. Mm, It's yummy. (laughs) So, if you haven't guessed already by the intro, this week we are reviewing The Witcher. Yes. And, well, let's start off with, Tony, first impressions. I actually loved it. Okay. Wait, in the precursor to that, how did you feel about- hearing the series come about like we're excited for it i was always intrigued i wouldn't say i was super excited for it i was never i never really got into the games yeah so it didn't really do much for me yeah um you were going into it with fresh eyes yeah i was going to it with fresh eyes so i hadn't played the games i just only heard of how good the games were yeah right so for me it was kind of like oh yeah this seems interesting yeah cool so yeah so i I guess i did go in with fresh eyes and yeah i Yeah, I think for me, because I had no grounding when it came to the games, I kind of was in the same boat where it felt like it was very much in the style of Game of Thrones in the sense that it was kind of that period style filming. Yeah, I guess. For uh, me, for me. Like, because I look at the the costumes, I look at the timeline of when it is, and it's old. But that's just basing it in, like, a medieval fantasy realm. Exactly right. But that's the same vein I get with Vikings. Yeah. Like- I like that style, but as long as it stays true to the brutish form of when they do series like that. Yeah. I don't like period films like fucking Emma or Jane Austen. They can get fucked. Yeah. Um, So, for me, it was nice because- Obviously, post Game of Thrones car crash, um, it was kind of nice. Let's not even go there. Yeah, no, let's not discuss that. We've done enough episodes Mm. on that. Um, To actually find something that was down that line of thought, Yeah, but a whole new spin. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it was cool to also just find out a lot more about the kind of the Witcher series in general. Yeah. Because before that, I only knew it as a game. 
I didn't know that it had a pretty big, like, a novel series to it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Which yeah. Like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So, a lot more source material to be had from something other than just the games. Because usually, when you look at a series or a movie that's based on a game, they're usually trash. True. Right? True. They're usually pretty garbage. And it's very rare that you can actually find one that kind of sticks true to the content and exactly. the story and characters. Yeah. So, it was good to know that they weren't basing- They were partly basing it on the game, but mostly on the novels. Yeah. And trying to stick true to the novels. Yeah. From what I understand, because I had a, I was talking to a friend, a colleague of mine at work, and she's a big fan of The Witcher and has read the novels, and she said that the series is very accurate to the first book. And well, that's just a one at the great. end of the day. That's fantastic. Um, and I find it really interesting because, like, obviously, I've spoken to you about it, but I'll give you a bit of a backstory, the, those who are listening, about Henry Cavill. So, yeah. it's quite interesting because Henry Cavill, growing up, actually used to battle a lot with um, weight issues. So- he got bullied as a young kid and basically took charge of his life, went to the gym, smashed it out. He obviously still does by what he was saying in a lot of the interviews that I've listened to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But ultimately, is a massive gaming fan. Like, yeah. Froth's gaming. He's yeah. like, you know, if I'm not basically filming or doing anything like that, I'm in my house, in my pajamas, gaming. One thing I found really funny with one World of his of interviews- where he almost missed, well, he did miss the call from Zack Snyder saying that he got the role of Superman <laughs> yeah. because he was in a raid on World of Warcraft. <laughs> you fucking nerd burger. <laughs> Fuck, I love you. Yeah. yeah. So I think that kind of it propped up the credentials of um, Henry yeah. Cavill a hell of a lot more. Because I've always said this, and I will always keep saying it, that the way, the only way you're going to get the best performance out of an actor is if they're fully invested. involved and invested in the franchise, yeah. which he was because Henry Cavill did say that he's a big Witcher fan. And I think it, it's basically it ties in. Like, you look at Deadpool. Yeah. Like, Ryan Reynolds having a character made around him, it just shows what you can do and yeah, the but, potential it has. Yeah, but the thing is, is that it's a little bit different with Deadpool because the creator of Deadpool originally wrote the comic basing it off Ryan Reynolds' character from Two Guys and a Girl. Yeah, okay. Right? So, Ryan didn't know about that until later on. Yeah. And that's why he got so invested in it, because it's like, it's, it's me. Yeah, I know. Which, that's fucking awesome. But I'm like, saying, come like, on. as soon as there's a actor's investment in a character, yeah. it, it takes on a best, whole new spin. You get the best performance. Yeah, yeah. 100% you do. And I feel like, for example, like, obviously, I know this is going to touch a soft wound for you, but, like, Ben Affleck in Batman. Mm. Well, where's the investment? There was no investment in that for me. Well, look, that's that's a, it's weird you say that because Ben Affleck is actually a pretty big comic book nerd. But it doesn't translate to screen. No, it doesn't. That's my problem it with doesn't. it. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, that's- he can be a fan, but unless you're actually- living and breathing the character like for example um what what's his name um fuck uh, uh christian bale yeah he lived and breathed the character yeah for a long christian time. bale's a different kettle of fish though because he's because because he's a method actor mm. he fully dies into his role heath ledger again you know it, it ties in method acting is so imperative oh, to yeah. characters that yeah. need to be portrayed yeah. accurately but i think if you're gonna hire actors who aren't method actors. You need to get actors that are properly invested in the franchise that they're working in. They actually have to be fans of it. Yeah. Like, obviously, they can't work for everything because sometimes you get original ideas that don't have any sort of precursor. Yeah. So, I'll pay that. But if you're going to do something that's got a rich history, it's been around for a while, it's got a big following, Mm. you get actors who are actually a fan. Yeah. And I suppose, I don't know if you know, but Viggo Mortensen was such a fan 
of Lord of the Rings prior to it shows. Yeah, hundred percent. It shows. He knew exactly how to portray. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And you can see it in his performance. You can just tell. Mm. I completely agree. Yeah. All right. So basically, how did you feel about the series overall to start with? I liked it. Yeah. I I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fucking very well done. Yeah. When I remember seeing the kind of the little sort of sneak pictures of Henry Cavill in his uh, girl. Cavill. Henry Cavill. (laughs) When I saw Henry Cavill in his um, his girl get up. Yeah. Like when they had that first sneak peek, I'm like, hmm. I don't know. Doesn't look right. Looks a bit shit. Mm. I was I was skeptical. Yeah. Um. But it was one of those shows where I was oh. pleasantly surprised because yeah. it ex- exceeded my expectations. But do you know what? I think what's a bonus as well for you, especially in terms of the way you watch series, when you go in with no expectations of what to expect. Yeah. It just gives you, like I said before, a fresh eyes. Yeah. And can appreciate it for what it is, as opposed to. Knowing the source content and going, well, I'm a firm, firm believer in this is how it needs to be done. Yeah. We didn't have that preconceived expectation of, okay, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah. And if you listeners having guessed by now, and you know this very, very well, Mm -hmm. when it comes to that sort of stuff where there's already existing source material that's very, it's very dense. Yeah. You don't need to recreate it. It's already there for you. Just fucking act it out. Yeah. You don't need to remake it. It's there. Just fucking- It's written on a page. There's your script. Don't bother writing a script. Just get the fucking book. There you go. There's your fucking script. Yeah. That's that's one thing that really shits me a lot with that sort of stuff. But like, I know you can take. I know a lot of people like to take creative creative liberties with yeah. it. I understand that, but at the same time, take creative liberties, but don't fuck it in the ass. Yeah, because yeah. it's been done so many times. Like, I think the one, probably the one that stands out to me the most, and the one that kind of, I, I guess, it, it did shit me a fair bit. I tried to look at it as like its own thing. Yeah, but I just I couldn't. Was um when they when they did Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Prince of Persia series. Yeah, I fucking love the games. Yeah, the games blow my dick off. But when they did the movie, all the stuff, all the main stuff that's in the games was not present in the film. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, like, okay, like I was watching it, like shit wasn't happening. Like, uh, okay, it's not going that way. All right, just gonna try and watch it for its own thing. Yeah. And I just couldn't. Yeah, no, it was just enough. everything was just wrong. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Everything that made that story that story was gone. Yeah, like what? What the fuck? And I, I suppose as well, like there's a lot of TV series now that are especially leading down that path where you've got, like you said before, dense source content, but you know, translating it to basically screen, mm. it's it's not an easy process. So, like, I suppose doing a screenplay for something that has such dense content, what arc do you choose of storyline? Like, people have to be really picky because, obviously, there's stuff that's going to appeal to audiences more than other things. Yeah. So, you've got to be, I suppose, I think that's where they need to choose the creative liberties to go, well, this arc of story would be so much more suitable and appeal to audiences as opposed to this one. Yeah. So, knowing that and- Having that understanding of what an audience wants would yeah. be imperative to making the series work or movie work. Yeah. So it, it's each to their own, but I suppose we're very much on the same page in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose for me, how, I, did, how did you find it? Like, what were what were your sort of takes and impressions on? I think it? having Henry Cavill to start with <laughs> that was a plus for me. Okay. Um, and then obviously when I saw The Witcher of what he actually looked like, I knew straight away that I was going to love it mm. because it felt a little bit darker. 
Yeah. As opposed to kind of a fluffy fantasy style stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the incorporation of monsters and witches and magic. Again, it leads down that path of like Lord of the Rings again for me. Yeah. I think with this first season, it was a little bit light on the monsters side of things. Yeah. But I've got a feeling that they're going to be saving that for the next season and if they get a third season True. after that, they'll probably save it more towards but that. But I think it was so important for character building and story development. Yes. You it, think it, about- definitely, it definitely needs to kind of, I guess, set the stage yeah. for what's to come. So many of the best series may take one or two seasons to get into like the crux of what a story is yeah. all about. Um, and again, I'm not speaking from a point where I know what the games are, yeah. but in terms of season one, I think they've done a, a fantastic job of building the characters, giving us a story and a backing and a foundation to work from, but ultimately leaving room open, ready for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely just set the tone yeah. for, of what's to come. One thing, I guess, that kind of, I guess, grinded my gears. Timelines. Yeah. yeah. That was confusing. Yeah. Very, very confusing. It, you didn't get a sense of what was happening or where the timeline was at until the second last episode. Which yeah. is like when it all clicked in, you're like, oh, so that that's why all that sort of shit. Yeah. But it would have been good if they just gave us kind of, that, I guess, that little subtitle of like saying however many years ago yeah. or something like that just to kind of give us a bit more, I guess, make it not so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it, you just didn't know what was going on because you see- a city burned to the ground in the first episode. And then it's and then, fine. And then the next episode, yeah. it's all fine. Everyone's good. Like, wait, 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 wait. What the fuck just happened? I'm, yeah. I'm, what the hell's going on? And I think what, like, what really kind of capped it for me was when I saw uh, Geralt in the prison cell underneath the castle. Yeah. That's when everything started Exactly. To That's sense. when it all clicked in. You're like- Oh, he was there the whole time. Yeah, because oh. the conversations that happened between the queen and like her advisor or whatever at the start, yeah, you didn't have like kind of an understanding of what context these conversations were happening. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, what are they talking about? Does this have any bearing on the story? Yeah, but then down the line, obviously, knowing that Geralt was in that prison cell. And that's what they were talking about, that we need to go and release him. Yeah. That made a whole much more sense. Yeah. And it kind of just put everything into a pretty picture for me. Yeah. And one thing, I I guess one thing that shit me as well, I guess it had to be pivotal to those characters because that's kind of like what they would have done. Yeah. But it just one of those moments, like, why wouldn't you do that before any of this happened? Yeah. Like, when they basically broke through the castle, why didn't they get Geralt straight away before it went all to shit? Yeah. Why wouldn't they get gotten him out beforehand, given him to, to Siri, and get got the fuck out of there? But I think it was genuinely the Queen's apprehension at not wanting to let- Get yeah, and that's that's why I say it's detrimental to that character. Yeah, that's that's why it panned out the way it did. But it's just one of those moments, like when you watch a horror movie, it's like, okay, you see the first haunting, why the fuck are you still there? Yeah, you just stay there. Yeah, it's that, it's that sort of feeling. Know what I mean? Yeah, but overall, like, I suppose that's the only downside I can pinpoint in yeah. terms of the actual series. Yeah, because like it's just the timeline. Yeah. yeah, and even the director had said post filming that. He knew that the sequencing and the way the story was going to be told was going to be difficult for people to understand, yeah. but ultimately have that corrected in season two. Because yeah. that was kind of the only real backlash that series had had. Yeah. So, I suppose if he makes that kind of a priority for the next season, I feel like- there's even going to be more people on board with it. Yeah. But the good thing is, is like with that, 
I'll I kind of I've learned to sort of come to like what they've done only because again I was talking to that colleague of mine yeah and she was saying that that's how it is in the book as well yeah it just jumps around the timeline you don't really get a grasp of what's where you are in the timeline mm. in that first book so like okay you know what cool and that I'm cool with that yeah and and that, that's hard because like I know for me personally. I don't mind when they piece things together like that because as long as I have some closure and clarity towards the yeah. end of the series to have it all tie in and make yeah. sense. It's the I'm whole thing cool of not it. being left going, what the fuck? Because, you know, you think about it. These days, I find a lot of viewers will watch a TV series and aren't patient. So, two or three episodes in, it's like, well, I don't know what's going on. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. I'm not that person. I like to be able to go, all right, well, they're building for something here. Yeah. I'm going to wait for this to tie in. Yeah. And as to how they tie it in, then I'll critique it. But I can also understand why people who were kind of just testing the waters with this sort of show, not really being into this sort of thing, mm. um, would be turned off so quick because of that sort of stuff. Because- you think of how long each episode went for. Each episode was virtually a, a TV movie. Yeah. Right? They were long fucking episodes. Hours, like the first yeah. episode was, what, two hours? Roughly. Or was it an, an No, it was an hour and a bit. An hour and a bit. And every episode following was about the same sort yeah. of length. It's like, that's a long time to fucking try and get a grasp and sort of see if you like it or not. Yeah. You know? It's- it's a fucking long episode. But I suppose they needed to have episodes of that length to mm. kind of piece together how thick the story was. Because yeah. like you said, there was quite a lot of timelines going on. There was a lot of story. There was a lot of characters. And like even remember when we were sitting there trying to explain to each other a Stragabore or whatever the fucking cunt's yeah. name was. Yeah. No, you've got it right. Yeah. And you're like, who the- wait. Okay, so that he's related to this person. This is what this is about. And, oh, okay, Renfrey is now part of that equation. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. This is the first episode. Yeah. And we're trying to grasp what's actually going on. I was like, Tony, like, what are we doing here? Like, what what, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. But deep you just down have the to line- You just and push through. Exactly. And then it's kind of when you see all of- like yeah. um and you, wh- what do they call the the fucking magic the, board? Oh, let's just say the magic council. Okay, seeing them all together and then talking, like even when they were sitting around in that circle talking about it and how everything was impacting like the situation. Yeah. I was like, okay, so he ties in with that. He's with that party. He's with that castle. With that king, whatever. Yeah. So that made more sense to me then. Yeah. So I think. Even having those short little sequences where they were doing that and having a dialogue, yeah. I didn't need action. I didn't need to be spelled it out to me. Yeah. But I just like to have kind of a Context. coherency about what's actually going on. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Now, speaking of <coughs> characters, where do we begin? Oh, okay. You know what? Let's just start with the Witcher himself. Yeah, Geralt. Geralt. Yeah. What a fucking cool character. He's just a boss. He literally is a boss. Yeah. Not to mention how jacked he fucking is. <sighs> Look, his was, arms are thick. Henry Cavill I, arms was are thick jacked as my enough dick. as it was when he played Superman. I, but oh, then is he going more? to Witcher, he's still jacked, but it's a different kind of jack. It's thick. Exactly. He was built like a fucking tree trunk. Yeah, he was. He, he was. Big I'd unit. probably fuck him. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> if Henry Cavill presented himself to me and said, suck my Witcher dick, I probably would. <laughs> Geralt, ask me more. Mm. You can toss his coin. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the directors and whoever else was involved in casting did a phenomenal job. Well, you remember watching in the interviews that we were watching after we finished the series. Yeah. 
how he really did push pretty hard to get onto this program. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. wanted it bad. Yeah, and you know what? Fucking, it, it's about time that someone listened to an like an actor who wanted the role that badly. Yeah, and I think Henry- because who? Else, why would someone push for that sort of role to that extent? Yeah, without giving it their absolute all. Oh, of course. Especially hearing about how he was, he would do his own. Um, he was doing the majority sequences. of his own stunts, yeah. so that included not only just jumping off a ship, but the fight sequences, all that sort of shit. He was doing most of it, and I liked what he said. Fucking phenomenal about the fact that you know he doesn't like when you get the stand in that will come in, do the action sequence, and then it'll cut back to him because yeah. he goes, "I lose coherency of story in yeah. doing that." So rather than having someone stand in, he's like, "I wanted to do it myself to make sure." that I was still in that frame of mind of yeah. character as it continued on. Especially when it got, comes to scenes, for example, like let's say in a fight scene where he gets sort of knocked back into a wall. Yeah. that It was good that it was still him because you can tell when it's a standing that gets thrown into the wall, then the actor gets up because it doesn't seem natural. No, like When they're no. like fatigued after being thrown into a wall. Yeah. But because it was still him, he gets up and he's actually like, fuck, you know, it just made it, just made it feel And there's only so natural. much editing can actually do yeah. to mask and I suppose deal with trying to make sure that the, it doesn't affect the story in any way of seeing, um, <laughs> just seeing seeing the story kind of unfold. Yeah. But with having him stand there, do the parts, do the action sequences, it just gives so much more credibility to the performance itself. Yeah. Now, other than him doing his own stunts and stuff, what mm-hmm. do you think of his actual acting performance? I think it was perfect in the sense that you know, when they explain about what a witcher is about and that there's a lack of emotion, yeah. I think he does that perfectly. But obviously when he gets aggravated, like when he's talking to the bard with the genie bottle yeah. and that breaks and he gets aggressive, you're like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for that because through most of it, he's so calm and collected. And even the way he delivers his dialogue, you're like, he's so chill. Like, he's so chill. Yeah, you know what? I, I disagree with you on that. Okay. Because to me, I feel that yes, he was calm, but it was—it's like the kind of calm that you have before you have a fight. Cold and calculated. You know, it's cold and calculated, but you got that hint of aggression in there. Yeah. Because he always seemed to have that little bit of aggressiveness to him. Mm-hmm. It was always there. Yeah. Like it wasn't just a cool calm. Like, yeah, what's going? No, on? No, no, I think it's like what's up. He's bold. Like, it was more of a what do you want? He's bold in what he says. Like, he doesn't beat around the bush. This is how it is. This is the truth. If you don't like it, that's on you. Or even just a simple fuck. Or, mm. Mm. But mm. the grunt. Mm. And you know what the grunt's reminiscent of? <laughs> <laughs> and if Fucking anyone's watched, um, recall, anyone's watched Total Recall, you'd know what we're talking about. If you haven't, it's the part where he gets his nutsack grabbed and he just goes, <laughs> what have you been feeding this thing? Blondes. Blondes. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I felt that he came across. And I think at certain points, I felt that he became, for someone, or well, for, which has been known to be emotionless, he seemed a bit too emotional. Okay. But maybe that's what makes him stand out from other witches. And I feel like the only time that you really kind of grasped how invested and emotional he got was with the introduction of Yennefer. Yeah. She kind of exposed his vulnerability is the best way I can put it. Yeah. Because he realized that it wasn't just kind of two people speaking. It was a lot more of- kind of a budding potential romance involved yeah. where, you know, when he saves her 
And then they basically fuck. That was a hot scene, by the oh. way. She is 10 out of 10. Even Anya, as a hunchback, I'd fuck her. Anya, I think it's Chalotra or yeah. Chalotra. Yeah. However the, hell you, however the hell you pronounce it. She is 10. She is an absolute with, stunner. With those purple eyes. Oh. I don't even God. have words for it. The- she could say, let me take a dump on your chest and I'd happily oblige. Be like, mm, please steamroll it over my chest. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's an absolute babe. And I said to Tony whilst watching it, I think Jennifer Yennefer's acting is incredible. Like I thought she did a fantastic job. Yeah. Especially for an actor who really hasn't been in much beforehand. She's kind of, but this is what I love. I love seeing like actors who really haven't done much in the past come out and just fucking smash a role because you yeah. had no expectations of what this actor was going to bring yeah. and they just blow it out of the water. You're like, fuck, they're good. Yeah. I love seeing that. You know what? It's it's literally, it's what I like to call the Heath Ledger effect. Yeah, okay. Because, yes, we'd seen Heath Ledger and other shit, but no one was expecting him to rip out the Joker that he did. No, no one was expecting no, that. No. And it blew everyone and away. And I think that- that's- and, and a lot of- And this is what I like to see. Actors like that do this sort of shit. Yeah. And that's, that's honestly what I love the to biggest see. surprise And I want to see more of that. Yeah. I don't want to see the same faces in every fucking big series or movie yeah. all the time because you, you've already got that preconceived notion of who they are and how they act. Yeah. Right? You're just going to get the same, the same kind of- I guess, role yeah, out of them. a typecast. Exactly. Um, so, seeing these unknowns come in, thrown into like a big, pretty, a pretty big fucking big role. budget role, yeah. right? And just fucking nail it. I love seeing that. And like, do you know who kind of did that for me in Game of Thrones? Who was the guy that wielded the fire sword? Oh, uh, Barak Dondarrion. Yes. So, for me- I don't remember his actual name, the actor, but- Yeah, he yeah. was fantastic yeah. because- I don't know why, but I just, like, gravitated towards his character. Yeah. And, again, Yennefer, yes, she was a bit, how you going at the start? At the start, yeah, you kind of- But I grew It was the whole sort of, at the start, you pitied her. Yeah. But then, once you saw her character grow and just become a A, fucking badass- Absolute beast. Then you're just like, fuck yeah. And I think- You you, you felt like you were cheering her on. Yeah. Because you wanted to see her succeed. You wanted to see her become- like the powerful sorceress that she was basically becoming. Yeah. Like, just like, fuck and, yeah. And I think we kind of, that pinnacled when she used the fire from the burning city. You know what? It was even before that. With, with it what? was before, just before she had her transformation, when she became all hot. Yeah. I think but when she got to that point, when she confronted her fucking- Mentor. Her lover at the time. And goes, oh. you fucking ratted me out, you you bastard, we're over, this and that. It's just like, yeah, fuck you. You just tell everyone to get fucked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's fucking awesome. But in terms and then of she the gets power the fucking, display. And then she gets the transformation and mm. then just rocks up into that hallway and both of our jaws were on the fucking floor. Yeah. She came out looking a 10 out of 10. I didn't expect she, that. No, no, I didn't either. But she came out looking absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, she did. Like she did. And, and and you know what? It wasn't the fact that she was just super pretty. It's also the way that she walked into the room. She just yeah. walked in like a fucking boss. Yeah, she did. She she walked in for someone who had been sort of berated and so ugly and all that shit the whole time, not very confident in herself, to walk in with absolute highest degree of confidence. Owning that fucking room mm. was just- It was amazing to yeah. see. That was a fuck. That for me, that's where I felt that you really saw, like, oh, okay, this this chick means business. Yeah, 
And I think as well, like for me, when she was getting her transformation, that scene itself mm-hmm. kind of rocked me. Like as yeah, weirdly as it sounds, that on. was brutal when she was like, she refused basically getting anesthesia for it. Yeah. And just, like, just, just said, just do, do it. it. Honestly, I cringed at that part because it felt painful. So, props to the director for actually being able to convey that on screen. I would have cringed if I wasn't too busy looking at her boobs. Yeah. But I couldn't, that's just your I, problem I, in general. I, I couldn't help it. They were there. They were moist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I found it hard to concentrate. But that's kind of what tipped me over the edge with her acting prowess. Like, I found that scene- then the scene, obviously, when she does the fire thing. Yeah. Um, and all the scenes where she has, like, emotional exchanges with Geralt, I find that she's got more credibility for a, her acting than a lot of female actors at the moment. Yeah. Like, people are getting high-end parts that can barely fucking act. But she comes in, does an exceptional job. <coughs> Chris is doing- <coughs> Yes, but- it's hard for me to comment on that because I've seen her in some fucking amazing roles. Charlie's Angels. No, God, no, no, no. Twilight. No. I saw her as a counsellor slash psychologist for people at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, but that's right up your alley. Uh, not, not just that, but she was so good in that part. And I'm like, why would you keep choosing filth, absolute mm. filth of yeah. movies? But again, I feel like she's been typecast into a lot of roles. Because of her lack of ability. Yeah. So, give her something that's trying to show and it's going to make or break her. Maybe she's actually a witcher, emotionless. True, true. (laughs) But back to Yennefer, I think there was one part that you missed where you kind of got that, like her acting chops through her her real emotionally fueled scenes Mm. was when just before and during the gin taking over her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was- Fucking awesome. Yeah, that was pretty intense. That was cool. I think I think it's just that whole thing of actors being be able to portray not only just emotional pain, but actually physical pain as well. Or even just melding the two into one and being able to reflect that in their performance. That takes a lot. Yeah. Because you think about it, to be in that sort of mindset to be able to act that way, you've got to dig pretty deep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You gotta pretty much you have to imagine that you're actually in that pain, whether it be physical or emotional or both. Yeah. That takes a lot. It does. It does. And to make it believable exactly. is kind of the main thing. Exactly. That. And that's where I think that Anya was able to do that because she fucking she nailed it. She did. She yeah, did. Definitely. All right. Well, um, really not much to say about Siri. I no. mean, she's sort of, well- I don't think she acting has- like a, a girl, princess- Basically spoon-fed, a little bit badass when she was on her own, yeah, a little bit, but still kind of like that bratty princess. But do you know what? I'm, pro- you know, I-, I like her story because you know she's been basically sent out on her own. She's like you know from riches to rags now, yeah. But it's kind of that journey of self-discovery that she's going through and trying to figure out the realities of her own world, yeah. Um, and because I because like- she's never had that. She was always- exactly right. So she's now being pampered. exposed. To how harsh the reality of normal people's lives are. Mm. Um, and I think season two will be a good revealer of what her story is going to look like. I've got a feeling she's going to learn a lot from Geralt. Yeah. He's going to teach her a lot. And train about her power the power as well. Well, I reckon he, well, so. I've got a feeling he doesn't know about her power. Not yet. Not yet. But he will. Right. Because he knows that her mother had that power. Yeah. 
but it's going to have to take some sort of, well, I guess a pretty decent fight where he's up against the ropes yeah. for her to rip it out and then he's going to be like, whoa, holy shit, we need guidance with this. And who knows, that might bring Yennefer back into the, into the picture. Yeah. Because well, Geralt's got a little bit of magical power and a little bit of magical experience, but mm. not to the level of of series magical power, which she doesn't know how to control. Yeah. So I've got a feeling that that could possibly bring her back in. But can I just say, I don't want to miss out on talking about this. Okay. Two scenes in the series for me that were just 10. Yep. Geralt's first time wielding the sword and fighting off those guys. The very first scene. The very first scene. Man. That was exceptional for a first episode opening to seeing what he was was like. I was not expecting- Henry Cavill to be able to fight like that. No, that no. was and it was even be- it was better afterwards knowing that that was actually him doing yes. it and not a stunt double. Yes, that's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, and the other scene, and they even likened it to the way that he did it. I think even he said it that he had because he had a bit of a history in dance, so his fight actually incorporated. It was kind of like a sword fight, but had elements of dance in it, which yeah. made it look so fluid. Which I think that's, that's pretty the, fucking cool. That's the perfect word to use how he wielded that sword. It was, it fluid. was fluid in terms yeah. of the way it was done. There was no like real jagged nah, moves. It was always nah. sort of flowing and like twirling the sword yeah. or putting and it just in the right position. But it was just, yeah, it was- You can tell he's trained As with corny it. as it sounds, it was poetry in motion. It was. It was. And like, that, I don't know, you, you've only seen John Wick 1. Yeah. You should see the training that Keanu Reeves did with I've seen Halle things. Berry. Did. I've seen it. Have you seen Halle Berry do the run through? Yes. Yeah. So when actors go to that length to make sure that their parts are on point, yeah, it so translates on screen. Oh, definitely. Um, it's the whole thing of the character getting invested in the franchise. Yeah. And then getting invested in their character. Yeah. Just um, giving us the best performance that we could possibly ask for. Because I think as far as acting in general now, there's pretty much a bar's been set to what we expect now. Oh, of course. Because as soon as an actor rips out a shitty performance, they get shitted on like yeah. no tomorrow. There goes the rest of their potential opportunities. Exactly. And they have to come back with a fucking vengeance to be able to sort well, of win back the public. I think, and the prime example of that for me is Matthew McConaughey. So he started getting into how to lose a guy in ten days. Yeah, Ghosts of girlfriends. The, the chick flings some rom coms, but it was an absolute fizzler to his career. Mm. Then he came back with Dallas Buyers Club yep. and the Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah, it completely revamped what Matthew McConaughey was about. Like we could Didn't see also, the quality. Wasn't also True Detective? Was he in True Detective? I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. Let me have a sus. Um, there was that. Also, his role in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in, um, what was it? The uh, the Gentleman? Is it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very. I'm looking very forward to Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, True Detective. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that that's just kind no, of- I'm talking it. about the series, not the movie. Yeah, that, I was looking at the series. Okay, right, right. Um, but the second scene that really did it for me was the Striga. When he goes into the king's daughter to re ah yes the striga yeah yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. very that- very cool you know what that leads us on to the monsters yeah but you know before we get to the monsters there's a couple other characters that I want to go through okay before we hit that um, Adam Levy who played Musak he was the the centric yeah wizard yeah, yeah. right again an actor I don't really 
never really seen before. No, no. But cool character. Cool character. Very like, cool like character. character. And I like when they've got additional characters who are good supports. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, he's got a hidden agenda. He's that, just or genuinely just, there or for the just, right reasons. Yeah, that or even just one of those kind of actors who is a support role, but then they try to steal the limelight, mm. but they overact it. And you're like, get off the fucking screen. We don't want to see you. Right, we're yeah. here for the for the main attraction. You're there as support, yeah. And I think he he did the support role very well. Yeah, he did. He so really he was did. A fucking cool character. And this leads me on to that point that I just made about trying to steal the limelight with Joey Beatty as the Bard. <laughs> I, I don't have words. I don't want to talk about it. I, you know, I didn't hate him. He shits him. me. I didn't hate him. He shit me. I thought he was a good comic relief character. Okay, well, I, to me, he was comic relief. I didn't want to see comic relief in that series. I think it needed a little every now and then. Okay. Probably I've, not as much as they did. Because I feel like I think it Geralt gave that anyway with, hmm, and fuck. No. Leave it at that. No. Stick to the true essence of what it's about. Keep it serious. Keep it dark. Keep it gritty. Well, obviously, he the, the bard had a pretty big role in the comic, in the novels. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been there. I know. Okay? I know. And not to mention, I'm going to say it. I've said it a hundred times. That fucking song is so fucking catchy. I couldn't get it out of my head for a week yeah, Tony's after we watched it. it. Tony Froth is I that I couldn't song. get it out of my head. Yeah. It's a fucking great song. Yeah. But you and like- I understand why everyone went so crazy for it, because it gets stuck in your head. But you like the metal cover of it. I like both. Okay. Honestly. Um, I think the part I liked most, not when they first played it, when they're on the way back from being captured by the elves, it's after Henry Cavill- When it's being sung by everyone. Yeah, in, yeah. The, in the bar, or yeah. in the pub. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I loved that scene. Yeah, that was cool. That was, was like, very cool. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, man. I really, really did like that. All right. Now, uh, anyone else of interest? I think everyone else is through? kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The monsters. The monsters. The first one. The first one, straight out of the gate, like, fuck, what a cool monster to start with. It was. With. It was very like cool. Like some fucking humanoid spider crab motherfucker in yeah. a swamp. Yeah. That was fucking cool. Do you know what I was getting throwbacks to? Like, this is weird, but Artex dying in never-ending story. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> is that the swamp that Artex died in? <laughs> so, I was kind of emotional already prior to that scene even beginning. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is PTSD. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that whole sequence at the start with the monster was fantastic. Not to mention how fucking cool Henry Cavill looked while he was fighting. Those black eyes. Just drenched in the swamp water. The black eyes fucking like baring his teeth like he's like a wolf gnarling. Yeah. Like just so cool. It was. So very very cool. cool. And the monster was fucking cool. Amazing. Yeah. Very, very Um, cool. Then Striga, the Striga. That that that's my favorite monster out of yeah, all of them. That was very cool. I, look, I'm gonna be devil's advocate here. I wasn't exactly the greatest fan of what the dragons looked like. Yeah, me neither. I kind of feel like it was the CGI wasn't the best. Yeah, so fair enough. You don't have as much as I'd hate to say it, but Game they did do it right. They could, they maybe should have gone to the. The CGI guys that did Game of Thrones to help with the dragons. Yeah. I'm just saying. It because if any series has ever gotten dragons right, it, it was Game of Thrones. They no, got the yeah. dragons right. I've never The only other dragons I've ever seen in movies that have absolutely hit the fucking nail Rain on the fire? head. Rain of Fire. Do you remember there was another one with Sean Connery um, that had dragons in it as well? I can't think of what it was called. Oh, I don't remember. But again, another movie with great dragons. But I still feel like Rain of Fire- and Game of Thrones, no one's ever done dragons as well as yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's going to be hard to beat that. Yeah. Really but I will. think now with the success of this series, I've got a feeling that the budget's only going to get bigger. It has to. And then they can make these, if they have more dragons or more monsters in general, they're going to make them look a lot better. Yeah. Now, going back to the Striga. Yeah. Now, the Striga, I think I love the design of it so much because they didn't, they didn't CGI the Striga. Yeah. yeah. They made... Proper special effects costume. It just looked like a big fucking person, and I'm curious. It looked like a big person, kind of spiderish. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a. It's a weird. It's like a humanoid spider banshee kind of creature. Yeah, it was. It it's was hard to describe. It's a very hard animal to describe. You kind of just need to watch it to kind of see. Yeah, um, but even just the way it moved, it sounded, the fight, the way it fought as well. Just fucking cool. Just man. brute force. It, it was brute force. There was no real sort of, oh, how would you say? There was no kind of, I guess, oh, how would I describe it? Uh, finesse, I guess? Yeah, no, no. Or no, no sort of like intent on the way it fought. It was just fucking berserk rage. Yeah, literally. That's the best way it to was describe just a, it. It was just berserk rage, which was fucking cool because then it really shows how someone like a witcher has to try to handle monsters. I mean, they're trained to fight monsters, but at the end of the day, monsters are basically creatures. They don't, they don't have training. They don't, they don't fight with, you know, with certain like techniques and whatnot. Correct. It's all just on instinct. Yeah. And how a primal animal would act, which is really cool. And you do see Geralt struggle as he's fighting the Striga because he really doesn't, like you find that you can kind of parry certain moves, but most of it he doesn't really know how to handle it. Would you believe? Oh, hang on, sorry. No, I was going to say, oh my god, the streaker was played by a female. Yeah, no shit. Of course it was. Um, but no, nah, it doesn't give a thing out of who the actual streaker was. Mm. But I think what I really liked in terms of, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Talk. Okay, so <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay. Um, when the streaker first walks, when he's standing at the top of the stairs. And she walks down the bottom and then oh. stops and her arms are massive and it's yeah. just this big physique and looks up at him. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of scary. Yeah. I like the face. I like the way it's done because it kind of had, it wasn't just like, ooh, sci-fi fantasy. It was yeah. genuine horror. Like, it was and scary. It, and you know what it felt like as well when it did that as when it did that and then it cut to Henry Cavill looking back at her? It's like, all right. This it's is, on. This is, this, it's on. It's yeah. a fucking... This, the match is about to begin. Yeah. Like, that was fucking cool. Yeah. That was very, very cool. And I liked... And it also made it cool that, like, he knew... He, he probably could have killed it, but because he promised the king that he wouldn't and he tried to save it because yeah. he found out that it wasn't an actual monster, it was just a curse, that he had to try to fight away by not killing her, which yeah. is, which I think to him would have felt foreign. Oh, of course. Because he would have been so used to, all right, monster, He's kill, a lethal weapon. Done. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you would just be like, monster, kill, cool, done. Yeah. Right? But had put it, being put in that situation where it's not just as simple as getting a monster and kill it, trying to figure out ways to sort of, I don't know, delay it, but he, but it ended up just being a fucking beating. It was a great fight, though. Oh, I yeah. I love that sequence. Well, I think the best sequence in that fight I found was when he ripped out the silver chain. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was that fucking was cool. cool. But even then, when he put his hands on the floor, when she was on top of him, and he, like, overloaded power into the floor, and yeah. then they dropped through. That was yeah. sick. That looks crazy. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, but were there other, apart from Goatman, there weren't really many other monsters. Yeah, that wasn't anything major. Um, um, there I'm, was the... What, what was the thing he got swallowed by? 
It was like some worm thing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember the name There's of what some, that was called. I don't remember the. I don't think they named the monster, or maybe they did. But they very did. Subtle. The people in the bar said it. Yeah, but um, yeah, just the fucking how cool it was when he got swallowed and just fucking cut his way out. Yeah, but and then when he walks I'm into just the spewing, bar, I'm just feeling that we didn't see him cut his way out. Yeah, I know. I know that would have been really cool to see. But, but I suppose again, budget yeah. restrictions. Yeah, um, which uh, you, you can forgive it. Yeah. So for like this, trying to set this whole thing up that he's a monster hunter wasn't didn't hunt that many monsters in this first series. But no, that's why I said earlier that I feel like it's gonna just give it room to for more of that breathe. to be in the next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a feeling there's gonna be a lot more monster fighting next season. I hope there is. Okay, so out of ten, what would you give it? Uh, Look, I wouldn't give it a 10. No, no. It's it's not not perfect. No. But I'd probably give it an 8. Yeah, solid, solid 8. Yeah, it was very, it was definitely a lot better than I expected it to be. Yes, and so those of you who are listening, if you haven't already watched it. And if we haven't spoiled it. Yeah. Even if we have spoiled it, just go watch it. Because we can talk about it and say these things, but I'm telling you, until you actually watch it, it will make a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, because, like we said before, it, it really kind of stays true to the essence of what the books were about. Yeah. Um, and just perfect casting, great story. Yes, the connections between stories was a little bit difficult to follow. But just weather bear through with it. it. Bear with it. Bear through it. Just watch it. All will make sense when you get to that second last episode. It yeah. just all clicks into place and you're like... Ah, oh, fuck yeah. All right, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And then it just gets you G'd up for the next season. But then upon reading on the net, you don't find out. And so we're not getting the next season until next year. I know, I know, which is a bit of a downside. But I hope that but they- But I loved put- it. I loved it because, well, after this, I started following Henry Cavill on, yeah. on Insta. And he's already- They're already filming season two. Correct. Fuck yeah. So, Yeah. Um, and he looks so excited to do it too. Like, he does. Fuck yeah. I, new, whole newfound respect and love for Henry Cavill. Yeah, fuck yeah. Man. Like He's cool as. He never really did anything for me as Superman. Like yeah. He was a good Superman, but I didn't have any sort of personal attachment. Yeah. Now though, pff, yeah. Yeah, he's cool. He's definitely fucking, to me, Superman, yeah, whatever. He's fucking Geralt. Yeah, he to me, he's Geralt. the part to a T. Yeah. And like, I feel like after this- He's going to be put into a lot more roles that kind of reminiscent of The Witcher. Possibly, but I've got a feeling he won't go to all of them. No, of course not. He'll only gravitate towards the ones that he's actually passionate about. And attached to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's The Witcher, people. Yep. I'm just hoping in the second season that we get to see him transform into more of the kind of the depictions of the Witcher in the games, yeah. like as far as his look is concerned. Yeah, yeah. So getting that facial hair, getting the scar, hopefully seeing his eyes go to more of what it looks like in the picture where it's more of like a cat eye. Yeah. Seeing more of that instead. And I like to see that, that they give a story and background to the scar. Yeah. That's so imperative. That's why I think they've left it out because yeah. they'll probably go, th- go through – how he got that scar. Yeah. Or even how, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe something happens to his mutation where his eyes change. Yeah. Well, we'll see anyway. Hopefully, because, like, look, I know a lot of people gave it a lot of gripe because they didn't like the way they did his eyes. Yeah. 
I thought they were pretty cool. So did I. I reckon they were pretty cool. Those piercing yellow eyes, that were pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And, very, and different, because you usually don't see yellow irises. No. Or purple, for that matter. No. And I think right. that was caught me off guard. Like, yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely. Wow. It looked fucking cool. So, I'm hoping that we get to see more of that sort of stuff as time goes. Yeah, 100%. But time will tell. That's it. Yep. Awesome. So, yeah. The Witcher. Good stuff. Get on it. If you have watch it on Netflix, it's going to be there. I reckon it'll be permanent because it is their own well, that's it. show. And so. it now is the most watched original Netflix series, which yeah. is- and, it's the, and it is for a reason. Yeah. Because it's fucking good. Yeah. Simple as that. It's good. That's it. Yeah. So. There we go. All right. So if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, and various other podcast apps that you listen to. Um, you can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. And what about yourself? And if you want, you can follow me on Snapchat at tboner18 and on Instagram at tboner80figs. <laughs> and for myself, you can follow me at braddles2505. So that's B-R-A-D-E-L-S 2505 on Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. Yeah. Done. Yep, there it is. And that's it for another week. And it is for another week. Um, we'll try and endeavor to get another ep out at some point. As soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. Although- as per usual, we've got no idea what we're doing next. next I kind of feel so. like I know what we might. Oh, okay. Um, well, we'll leave that for you guys to find out next week. That's so it. until then, fucking up, up. <laughs>